1045 The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. Presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Straight up, 6 o'clock by my watch. Means it's time for the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Dispensing with the usual boisterous language or vocal tones, I come to you in the same way that probably most of you feel right now. And I think this is going to be a unique hour, and I go into it with a little bit of trepidation only because I've said before, on this show, I only had to, I only know how to do my job one way. And I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. No one is. But today I tried to figure out, how do you do this? What do you say? What don't you say? How do you have a voice on a day like this? Me only knowing how to do this one way, you may have to bear with me here because I'm still not quite sure. But I'm Jason Martin, and I love the city of Nashville, and that's where I want to start. I haven't lived here that long. I've worked here for a lot longer than I've lived here, but I'm certainly one of those transplants and recent transplants at that. I didn't grow up here. I didn't go to preschool here. I didn't go to elementary school here. I didn't go to middle school here. I didn't go to high school here. I didn't go to college here. I interned here. I moved here debt-free thanks to some very fortunate circumstances, being in the right place at the right time, meeting the right people, and being led in proper directions after leading myself in the wrong directions for a long period of time. Last night at, you know, midnight, thereabouts, I knew that the storms were around. But one of the things that you have to deal with in this day and age is skepticism in your own brain, cynicism in your own brain. How many times have we heard tornado watches or even tornado warnings and the effects just haven't been there. Like when we, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, we all saw Twister and we've seen Kansas and we've seen tornadic destruction in pictures, in video. But I've never seen one in person. I've gone through a couple of tornado warnings. I remember being a kid and being in the basement with my parents once or twice. I remember all of that, but. It's not really Peter crying wolf, but so often we feel like something is going to happen or we prepare for something to happen and then it doesn't. Whether it's a blizzard or some gigantic storm that's going to drop tennis ball-sized hail or certainly a tornado. So I'm seeing all this and I'm thinking, okay, well, we're probably going to get a decent thunderstorm out of this. And then, you know, I start to hear the wind outside a little bit after midnight at my place. And 
I think, okay, well, I'm going to go to the one place I trust most. And that's Nashville severe weather. Those guys do such a good job. And I trust them so much that I went to see what they were saying. Thought they'd just have a couple of updates. Instead, they're doing a live stream. Guys on the air with a cold. Continually apologizing for coughing and all of this stuff while he's giving us such great information. And that's not to slight the local news agencies and all the meteorologists and all the teams that were out and about last night doing a great job. But I was there watching it, and I just keep hearing the Nashville severe weather guys saying, hey, don't go look at this. Don't wait. Don't see if it's going to blow over. Get to your safe space now. Put a helmet and a shoes on your children and get there right now. Now, 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 over and over again. And I'm just like, wait a second. The wolf's actually real this time, isn't it? Like Peter actually saw something, and he's in danger. This is not a drill. And I sat there and I watched their stream, and then it froze because they lost power. And I found them back on Periscope again and listened to them as the storm went through East Nashville and went through Germantown and ended up moving over into Mount Juliet. And I kept looking at my spot on the map and realizing it wasn't going to hit us. Maybe there was a second line of storms that was going to come a few hours later. But it didn't have the same feel. It didn't have the same look even on the radar. But I woke up today and I said, what do you say? How are you supposed to feel? And the only thing that came to me are the segments I'm going to try and do tonight. And the first one is, I love Nashville. Even though I'm a transplant, the most important things that have happened in my life happened because of this city. My first job in radio came here. My first opportunity, thanks to Brad Willis, thanks to Jonathan Hutton, thanks to Paul Kaharski. Thanks to Chad Withrow, who couldn't make it in today because he's out of power and he's in Mount Juliet. Luckily, he's safe and his family is safe, but he wasn't able to make it in. They gave me an opportunity as an adult who had squandered a lot of my life in the wrong ways. They brought me in and let me intern. Then they hired me. And now you hear me through them. I would meet a Nashville lifer, Clay Travis, who gave me an opportunity to write for actual money instead of just for pride, really. Because I had done it for so long and really only one other place that I ever made any money. But when it came down to this, it all shifted. And then when he got his Fox gig, he let me come with him. He offered me, uh, me the opportunity to do that. That was in Nashville as well. The studios I work in for Fox, the studios I work in for The Zone here in Nashville. All of my weight loss and health and inspiration to live a longer life. It all really began to click once I moved here. 
three years ago. And then that fall, my long dormant faith, and this is a word you're not supposed to say on the radio. I was even coached many, many months ago never to say these words on the radio. But my faith in Christ Jesus was awoken in Nashville after being baptized in 1992 I did what a lot of people do you go to church camp you come back you're inspired you give your life and then you go back to living the life that you lived before and it laid dormant and even though I didn't have all the baggage that I could have had I just lived for me I lived selfishly and it wasn't getting me anywhere my ego was out of control my pride was out of control I was arrogant. I was know-it-all. All of these things. I didn't have a good relationship with my family who deserved better, quite frankly, than the few times that I would reach out to them when I was in need of something. Not just because I loved them and wanted them to know it and wanted them to be a part of my life. The friends that helped awaken me spiritually and helped me to see the flaws in myself we're all groomsmen in my wedding. Or were considered because we kept it kind of small. They prayed over me the day of my wedding, about 30 minutes before we actually said the vows. And I wept. I didn't cry, folks. I wept. It was pouring out of me. David Reed, Brandon Haggerty among them, met in this very building. And my faith opened up so many doors, I felt like, and began to restructure, hopefully, the priorities of my heart. My confidence, which was always a problem for me, having any of it, having a high self-image, a high self-esteem, it began to show itself and through that process I would meet my best friend and this past summer I would ask her to take a life journey with me to become my wife and then on September the 22nd that's exactly what she became. She lived her entire life here, other than when she went to school. Her mother, my mother-in-law, a teacher in this community forever. This city changed my life. It could have been anywhere, but it was the Music City that gave me the most important person that I would meet here on this planet, health that I never thought would be possible, a dream job, even though so often I take it for granted, and gave me 
the gospel actively in my mind and in my life. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I love Nashville. And that's why I am right now semi-speechless. I know that sounds crazy coming from somebody that just talked to you for 12 minutes and still has another 45 to go. But I'm at a loss. I'm even a little bit conflicted. I don't know what you were expecting from me tonight. But if there's one thing that I hope I succeed in doing, it is in you knowing me as more than just a radio host that you either love, like, or tolerate. I hope it's that you feel like I'm talking to you. So the only way that I knew to do this today was kind of stream of consciousness, really, and just what's what's going on in my heart, what's going on in my mind today. And there's one pathway that it's necessary to go down. And when we come back, I'm going to I'm going to talk about a couple of people that I reached out to today. Interviews that I was hoping you'd be able to hear tonight as I was trying to figure out how to do this show. And then I'm going to give you some context in a different way than maybe you've heard today that hopefully will be helpful and uplifting if you, like me, almost feel guilty because you don't know how to process this, you don't know what to say, and you feel like you should feel even more than you do. Stick with me. This ain't about sports. This ain't about entertainment. It's not about audience size. It's not about numbers. It's not about ratings. It's not about anything. It's just about, since I have a microphone, I also feel like I've got a responsibility to this community, and I've got a responsibility to glorify my Lord and Savior. We'll be right back. It's a big six. 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back to the big six here on 104.5 The Zone. We're brought to you by Renders Warehouse. Thank you for them. Thankful for you. I'm Jason Martin. I reached out to two people today or two entities, to try and line up conversations I thought you would want to hear. Didn't expect either one of them would happen necessarily because of everything else going on. And, in fact, they will not. Maybe they'll happen in the future. I reached out to the guys at Nashville Severe Weather. I knew what they had been through last night. I knew how hard they had worked. And their response was very kind and nice, and it was also basically an indicator of how much Nashville means to them, that the surrounding area and everything means to them, that they're just devastated. And they have turned down all media inquiries to try and process what was an exhausting and heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching evening, which I completely understood. They're the best. And then I reached out to someone named Adrian. Adrian Saparidi was the 
artist who painted the I Believe in Nashville mural. And I thought, you know, today would be a great day to hear the story behind that. What led to it? Why he chose to do it the way that he did? The fonts? What Nashville means to him? All those things. Well, he's actually sick. And he was incredibly gracious in his response as well. And maybe in a couple of weeks we can have that conversation. But he also pointed me to his Instagram where he said, you know, because of this, he did feel like he needed to put up a statement. That Some people said, hey, people want to hear from you today because I believe in Nashville has become kind of the symbol of this. Which when you first saw the photo of Basement East destroyed and that mural still there, I said, okay, we're going to see this image forever. But he did post something on Instagram, which, you know, I don't even have an Instagram account, I don't think. But I did go here, and I'm just going to read this to you. Ten years ago, I was graduating and moving back when the floods came. Being away from home and feeling helpless was a strange and difficult feeling, but that moment showed our resiliency, our resolve, and our strength and ability to come together. It was a transformative moment for the city of Nashville. That time eventually became part of my inspiration behind creating the I Believe in Nashville image. It seems ironic to say now, but at the time I simply saw an area in transformation, a building that was empty and gutted. And so my thought was to put up a mural and see what would happen, hoping that it might be something that could connect people. Seeing the image of the basement east was deeply impactful for me, as it was for the rest of the city and those with connections to her. Mike, Dave, and their whole team have been a part of my life since before they knew me when I was a teenager sneaking into shows at the original basement. It is difficult to know they are hurting, but I know they and everyone else affected has the rest of the city behind them. I am touched to see the image of my mural still standing and reminded of its original intent. I hope it offers some solace and connection now to anyone who needs it. Difficult times reveal our values and call upon us to demonstrate them. Nashville will come together. We will reach out to neighbors, lend a hand, offer a place to stay, and then we will rebuild. We've done it before, and if the time comes, we'll do it again. There is a kindness and generosity here that does not exist everywhere, and we are very fortunate for that. It is one of our most beautiful qualities. If the glitz and the glamour should fade, I hope that remains. I hope we remember it and practice it, not only when called upon, but when it isn't, I believe we will. Hashtag, I believe in Nashville. That from Adrian Saperiti, the artist of the I Believe in Nashville mural. I was hoping to have that conversation with him today, but I can also understand one, being sick, and two, probably just being overwhelmed. And that's how I feel. And, and you know what? I have felt guilt all day. Because I was south of everything. I lived down in Brimwood. So I had a little bit of wind and that was it. I didn't experience this. My power flickered twice and never even went off. My wife slept soundly through it. When she woke up, she couldn't make it to work because her office is in Hermitage. And everything around there was devastated or a lot of it was and there was no way to even get her there 
but I don't have firsthand experience. I didn't walk out of my house today and see a roof gone or a tree on a power line or cars without windows on top of one another or a patio table in the case of Christopher Martell, 100 feet from his home, glass shattered. I didn't have any of that. And so there was a disconnect for me this morning from me where I, I felt like I was in a haze. But I didn't know what I was feeling, and I didn't understand why I wasn't more heartbroken than I was. It's almost like I was watching something that had happened across the country because it felt like it had because everything was intact where I was. And so doing this show even, I I didn't know what it was I needed to say. You know, I, I looked at Buck Rising's tweets last night as this was happening. And the auto zone that got destroyed like a block from his place on Rosa Parks. And I saw Alan Bell out in the middle of it sending photos. And I saw Christopher Martell's photos and when he was talking about the Lebanon area. And I knew Chad lived in Mount Juliet. And I know a lot of you were actually being affected by this. Me, I was just watching it. So what do I have to offer? I didn't know what to do. There's so many places that you can give money to. There are places to volunteer, places that are taking drop-offs. 1045zone.com has done a really good job, as has Nashville Scene and a bunch of other places, at putting together a list of how you can help, where you can help, when you can help. Bridgestone Arena opens it to doors for people to have lunch today. Edley's Barbecue, Uncle Bud's, a lot of places helping out, doing things. Grilled Cheesery, giving out free sandwiches, I think out in East Nashville. This is America, and this is Nashville, a place where you don't have to be instructed or forced to help, to give, to love. It pours out of us naturally. As much negativity as there is in the world, as broken as human nature is, There's also that little something inside of us that wants to help. Today I went through another mental exercise where I didn't even know how to pray. I didn't know what to say out loud in the world. To my audience tonight, I didn't know what to write. I didn't know what to tweet. And I didn't even know what to approach the Lord for today about this. But I have prayed in the past, as have many of you fellow believers, And I haven't known how some of the things that have come out of my mouth have have done so. So I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done in this manner before. And that's this. 
Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I want to go back to about halfway through there. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Here's how I've heard that explained before. Groans too deep for words. Sometimes there aren't words to show your affection for someone. There's not words to show an emotion to the degree in which you're feeling said emotion. And sometimes you just feel numb. And the Spirit intercedes. When I don't know what to pray for, it either comes to me or I don't have to even say words. There are moments where you can see this play out in other people and in yourself. When you first heard about the tornadoes, if you weren't directly affected and you started seeing the photos popping up of East Nashville, of Five Points, of Mount Juliet, of Lebanon, of all of these places, what was one of your first reactions? I'll bet you it was similar to mine. It was something like, mm, 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 mm. you were groaning. Sometimes a groan is better than a word because it's raw. It's unvarnished. It's a reaction without thought. Before you can find the words to say, sometimes it's just, mm. the definition of compassion, folks, is not trying to fix what's wrong with the person with the victim in that moment. Most of the time, they don't want you to fix it. They're hurting. They're in pain. Most of the time, what they want you to do is just be there with them while they go through it. They're staring into a fire, a blazing hot fire. They don't want you to put the fire out. They want you to sit next to them and stare into the fire with them. Go through it with them. There's no way I can fix the damage done last night. There's certainly nothing I can do to mitigate the emotional toll that it took as it was happening and as people woke up and really were able to see the devastation caused by the tornado. Nothing I can do. Yeah, I can throw money and I can donate money and I can buy a shirt with that mural on it with all the proceeds going to the right place. I can do all those things. And those things are all great. But there are wounds sometimes that are too deep to to heal. 
And I'm still not okay with the fact that I can't fix it. But I have to be human enough to realize my humanity, realize my limitations. Even when it comes to not knowing how to kneel and what to say. What to petition God for. That's not vague and cliche. But I would submit to you that if you feel similar to me and you you don't, it's like you almost feel guilty because you want to do more. You don't even know where to start and you're overwhelmed by all of it. But I did react with that. Mm. Wordless groans. And that was not nothing. To me, that was the spirit intervening. And this is not me preaching to you. I'm not behind a pulpit. I'm not calling on you to become a believer in any way, shape, or form unless that's something you choose to do. I know how to do this show, and I know how to talk in my way. And in moments like this, I go to my foundation. I go to the place that has never let me down. And I hope that the words that I speak can be of some value. And I don't even know. Someday I will. But wordless groans, folks. From me to you. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I'm sorry if this gets me flack. And I'm sorry if there's backlash to come from this. And I'm sorry if it upsets some of you. I don't know what else to do today. I don't know who else to speak about today. I'll be right back. This is a big six on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back to the big six on a... You're not going to call it a special day in Nashville. You're going to call it a memorable day. You're going to call it a historic day, and you're going to call it a sad day. I'm Jason Martin. You can find me on social media if you would like, at jmartzone. And I'm just trying to work through this live on the radio. I'm trying to understand what I'm feeling and what I'm not feeling. And one of the other things that I did think today was, why not me? Why not my family? Why were we spared? Why were we so lucky? And I do know that next time it could, you know, that storm could come down lower and hit us and then go southeast. But I almost felt, it wasn't even that I felt lucky or ready to rejoice. I felt 
undeserving. Not that I wanted it to hit me, but that I wish it had instead of others. And I've never met many of you before. And I certainly don't have a death wish, and I'm not praying for calamity. But seeing the photos and seeing all that went down and just trying to understand it when not only did it not hit my area, but my drive into work, which I thought was going to be just the worst, was the exact opposite. I still have not seen any of this in person, and I know that I'm only going to get in the way. So I'm not going to go down there, and I'm not going to try to take photos or anything like that. I'm going to let the volunteers and everyone doing their part do the best they can and not be an obstacle or an impediment or just something else that slows any process down. And that hurts because I know I could be part of that process in some way, but I I don't know how. You know, I've long tried to figure out what my role was supposed to be, what my purpose was supposed to be. Now, I know what what, what Christianity tells me is supposed to be, but what is my role in that? How do I have those conversations? And my role at this juncture is to be a voice, not one with a huge amount of power or influence, but to at least use whatever time I'm given, and hopefully this isn't going to shorten that by some of the things that I have said tonight, but if it does, then so be it. Today, I just feel empty. That's the human side. I feel empty. I feel, why did this happen? Why did this have to happen? And then you have to remember, you know, you're not guaranteed a perfect life, a perfect job, a perfect spouse a perfect home, a perfect car, a perfect anything. There is no such thing as equality of outcome. If there were, then I would have had a much different experience this morning. For whatever reason, this time, I wasn't a part of it directly. Next time, I may not be so lucky. Storms have hit my family before, just not me, but my extended family in Indiana. If you remember what happened, I think it was Henryville. A lot of family on my father's side lived there, and it took that whole community apart. But, you know, I was thinking about, again, and I opened the show talking about love in Nashville. I think that's what I'm thinking about is just So many wonderful things have happened. So many things that, even in the short time I've been here, that have left an imprint on me. I have favorite places. And no matter where I am, I always get treated so well here. There is a such thing as Southern hospitality. Whether it's someone in a red sports coat helping me to my seat at the Ryman, or it's 
a barista serving me up at Crema or Eighth and Roast or Frothy Monkey, or it's even people that work at competing radio stations that have been kind and friendly and helpful. Certainly everybody in this building and all that they've done. If you recall when we got back from the Super Bowl last year, I didn't have anything to say other than how grateful I was for Mickey and Don and Brent in particular and how they helped me and Kirby and how they helped me land interviews when I was having some issues in trying to land those people and not wanting to go try to cold call basically and walk up to agents and and land some stuff and they helped me through it. Doesn't matter where I am. And then you see, you know, Von Elrod's roof I heard is gone. I've eaten there twice in the last few months with my wife and some friends. Jack Brown's I heard struggling as well. A lot of places that a lot of people have a lot of memories in taken away. And one of the most sobering things that I saw, it was also uplifting at the same time, was a photographer, a professional photographer here in the city that was offering up her services. If you could just collect your damaged, maybe your water damaged photos that were, you know, priceless memories in many cases, especially if they're more of the antique style and that she was going to do what she could to digitally save them, preserve them, restore them. And she was offering those services, and from what I could gather, she wasn't charging for it. She wanted that to be her role, what she did to help out the community. And that struck me. Memories were lost, even though this is a memory that's probably never going to go away for those that went through it. And reminded them of 1998 and some rough times. Also, memories of the past. I mean, think about all the Christmases that happened in these homes. And some of these places that disappeared. And I haven't even gotten to the fact that we're over 20 people who lost their lives. And the families that are still dealing with all of that pain. And we'll be dealing with it forever. You can rebuild a roof. You can rebuild a home. You can buy another car. But there are things you can't recover. And so whatever thoughts and prayers that that I have today, whatever it is that is actually in my brain, not scrambled, not frozen in fear, not numb, whatever I have, goes to those people, and it seems like by the minute my heart begins to hurt a little bit more. And I don't know when that's going to stop. We got one more segment. We'll do it next here on 104.5 The Zone. Down. I basically got five minutes left. I haven't really been looking at a clock the way that I should today. Hopefully you can understand that. 1045zone.com, pretty much the main link. The the first thing that you'll see when you go to the website is a list that's been put together of ways that you can help. Because just like me, I'm sure all of you are trying to figure out how you can pitch in, where you should, because there's so many different options. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of information here in this last segment. 
if your power is out, a lot of that is hopefully beginning to dissipate some. If you have a mobile device, text the word OUT, 637-797. That is N-E-S-P-W-R, 637-797. You could also call 615-234-0000, and you can report that outage that way as well. Hands-on Nashville is a good place if you're wanting to donate. They're working with the city of Nashville. They're working with the offense. They're working with the Office of Emergency Management, making sure that uh, available resources are in place and handling all the road closures and all that and just keeping people abreast of what's going on. You can also volunteer. HON.org is the easiest way to get in touch with them and just see everything that they are associated with relative to these storms. You can make a donation to the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. There's also the Community Resource Center. Clothing, it seems like they're okay right now. But hygiene products, trash bags, diapers, gloves, bleach, even box cutters, those are things that they're still needing. Some places have are just too full or have closed down in terms of shelters, but... There are still a lot of options there. 1045zone.com still has an updated list of places you can go. Displaced family, same thing as well. Pets, Animal Care and Control, Humane Society, they're closed up and they're you know doing all that they can for animals that are out and about or ones that are damaged or, or whatever that's gone on through there. So there are just a number of different ways that you can get involved. And even though social media's impact can be well overstated and well overplayed. Today's the day to retweet. Today's the day to make sure that all of these things, the zone link, the hands-on Nashville link, Nashville scene, everyone that's put out information, retweet it. Somebody will see it. Another five, ten bucks or another volunteer in the right place at the right time can mean a lot. Another thing that I overlooked yesterday or last night while everything was going on, while you're thinking about all these people losing homes, I saw one tweet come through. I wish I had saved it or retweeted it. But it said, thinking of those that didn't have a roof to start with. And that just came to me again, sitting here. There were people, folks, that had no homes to lose. And when it was time to run for cover, they probably didn't have updates. They didn't have televisions. They didn't have apps. They had their eyes and whatever word of mouth was out there. And maybe the first time that they had an opportunity to really understand what was going on, it was when they actually saw the twister, which if you've seen the photos of the actual tornado, I've always been frightened of these things. And I've always kind of wondered about it because, you know, you've heard about how they can look cool and, you know, they're drawn and you've seen them in movies and everything. They've always frightened me. And looking at that was horrifying, terrifying. Imagine not having a basement to go hide in. Pray for those people. Not for what they went through, but for what they go through. I was, I can't call myself blessed because so many people, you know, I can because we're all blessed, but... I can't say that I'm some fortunate anything because of everything everybody went through. I'm still trying to deal with that. People that I do know, but not as many as many of you, had a really rough night last night 
And again, I just say, I, you know, I, lacking words that sound greater prolific on the way out the door. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So I finish up the way that I started as the storms were happening. The best that I can offer, the most real thing that I can offer you on the way out the door tonight is simply this. Good night. I believe in Nashville. I love it.